This is the Healthcare Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. No industry, including sick care, can be fixed from inside. For every one hour that they spend on patient care, they're spending up to two hours on EHR data entry. Hello, and welcome to the Healthcare Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, James Kent. If this is your first time joining us, please note MarketScale brings you the best thought leadership content in a wide variety of industry verticals with blogs, videos, and podcasts like this one. You can check out all our content on marketscale.com. And for more healthcare podcasts, make sure to hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast content. On today's episode, we're going to point the spotlight on CareVive, a leading oncology-focused health technology company centered on understanding and improving the cancer patient experience. We're going to get into the ways in which CareVive drives data as a service to gather electronic patient reported outcomes to improve overall patients' outcomes. But first, there are some exciting changes happening at CareVive that I'm going to talk about. And here to help me with that is one of those changes. I have with me today the new CEO for CareVive, Bruno Lampernes. Bruno brings with him 25 years of experience in real-world patient data analytics and corporate leadership. He's provided leadership to companies such as Shift Analytics, Inflexion, and Sagidim, originally from France, but now located in the greater Boston area. Welcome to the podcast, Bruno Lampernes. Good morning, James, and thank you for having me. Well, it's my pleasure. Uh, Bruno, I believe you've been working inside the United States for the past 10 years. What brought you over from France? Well, it's business. I relocated for work back a few years ago. I was CEO of this company, uh, Sedgedim, you just mentioned, and I was leading their data and research business unit. And we were expanding and covering about 30 countries, including the US. And at some point, the US market, as you expect, became very important for us. Mm. And I've been traveling back and forth, you know, a week here, a week there. And after a couple of years, my wife and I decided that we should take our four kids and, you know, and uh, start a new life uh, in New York. So we did. Wow. Well, uh, you know, 2020, this this past year, was definitely a crazy year and lots of change, ton going on. Uh, You were with a couple of different companies in 2020. And then in December, you joined CareVive. Uh, I was hoping you could take me through that journey and how you came to CareVive. Yeah, it. I mean, 2020 was a very special year indeed. And <laughs> special is an interesting word to say. <laughs> right, yeah. And and we know it's not over, right? And no. I think uh, before we know it, we'll keep talking about, about that in 2021, maybe 2022. But, you know, I learned a lot about leadership of teams and companies during tough times. And I, I mean, that's the, the good side of, of, of this uh, 2020. Now, you know, I was not looking for a job, right? Who, who's, who was trying to find a new job during a pandemic situation? <laughs> right. I was not. Uh, until I spoke to Maddie, and Maddie, uh, so you know, uh, she uh, co-founded Carevive, and she was the CEO before I came on board. And, and we spoke sometime in June. And I hang up the phone, and I'm like, I went down to talk to my wife and said, I want to be a part of this company. Hmm. It's the vision and, and, and the energy of Maddie. I'm like, I want to be a part of it. I'm like, how can I do that now? So that was very exciting. And, you know, the number one reason I'll say is I personally related to uh, what Caravive is doing. I lost my mother will be five years uh, in May 
or mm. April, in fact. Uh, she, she passed away after breast cancer re- relapsed. And, you know, back then, especially being here and she was still over in France, you know, I felt useless and so frustrated, you know, and I, I could see she was suffering and there's nothing I could do. So, you know, now being in this, in this position at Caravive and all we do, I know I can, the team and I can really impact life of people who have cancer, you know. So that's the sense for me, maybe selfish, right? The sense of me of like, I can give back to community, I can give back to patients, uh, and I can really help them going through uh, what my mother had been through uh, five years ago. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I lost my father to cancer nine years ago almost, and I was not. Li- he's he, he was living in in Massachusetts, where I'm from, but I was living in Arizona at the time, and I was very, it was powerless. I couldn't do anything to help him because I wasn't there. So I, I hear you. It's 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 a very tough when you're so far away. It is. Yeah. Now I hear you're a marathoner, so I guess it's good that you live in Boston because <laughs> marathoning is pretty big there. That's right. Yeah. Um, uh, but that's a sport that truly tests endurance and often mental over the physical to make it across the finish line. How does this specific passion cross over into your leadership philosophy and style? And and overall, what would you say your leadership style is like? What a great question, James. Um, there's actually a lot of similarities between long distance run and leadership of companies. For me, it's all about being, I'll say, well-prepared. You plan your actions like you're going to plan your, ra- your run and your race. You understand your environment, your competition too. Get the right expertise and, and technology, like the, the right gear and shoes and, and all of that. And you want to be ready to adapt to changing conditions like the weather. You know, like you don't feel like that good today. And at the end of the day, it's really like never give up until you cross the finish line. So that's how I approach the, the run and the business. Plus, also, if you think about, you know, trying to win this battle with cancer, it's certainly not a speed race. It's it's a long haul, long distance marathon. And it takes a lot of, uh, you know, mental wherewithal to try to get to that finish line. That's right. Now, I read where your main focus will be scaling CareVive's innovative cancer care digital platform, which is currently in use by dozens of healthcare systems across the United States uh, to help cancer care teams monitor and manage their patients remotely between clinic visits. In addition to CareVive's cancer care digital platform, you will also focus on increasing CareVive's remote patient management functionality um, with the CareVive prompt, uh, growing CareVive's oncology pragmatic trial investigator network, uh, the CareVive opt-in, to conduct real-world studies evaluating patient experiences and building stronger evidence for treatment and symptom pathways. Let's discuss these focuses a little more and, and tell me what you are looking forward to accomplishing with CareVive in the short term and then in the long term. I think it's, you know, what we're doing at CareVive is really about reshaping cancer care. And like I said earlier, you know, patients are really at the center of all we do and center of our strategy and investment. And, you know, what we're planning to do is to really accelerate our vision to collect and analyze real-world patient data, combining clinical data, but also patient-reported outcomes. And this will help us to you know, continuously improve upon the cancer care experience uh, well, first in the U.S. right now. We want to focus in the U.S. market. And end of the day, you know, patients can find out how people like them have experienced similar treatments, number one. Two, researchers can get access to masses of very unique set of data 
uh, discover a new trend, help you know to manufacture better product, and as these products are on the market, really uh, track the way it's prescribed, the way it's used by physicians, and the way patients really experience the treatment. And finally, providers can become more efficient by really prescribing. You know, everybody's talking about you know precision medicine and personalized treatments and planning. This is also what we do. And all of that will help us to avoid, or providers rather, to avoid um, misprescriptions. Mm. But it's also like being able, and back to the pandemic discussion, you know, earlier is monitoring systems and, and, and patients when they're home, you know, how they feel. You know, they go to the clinic for a treatment, they go home, and then what's happening? And all these systems can reduce the need for in-clinic appointments. More efficient prescribing means also like, you know, less waste of money and less spending for payers and for patients. Now, I mean, healthcare traditionally can, you know, I'd say that sometimes they can be a little bit of stick in the muds with their processes and can be maybe a little bit slow to adapt to change. What do you find the reception to be to what CareVive is doing? Um, are healthcare organizations receptive or are they a little bit hesitant or are they fully on board? I think it's it's all you know a part of what we have right now with these different programs, prompt and opt-in. You mentioned earlier is, you know, it's a it's a new technology, it's it's innovation. We're disrupting the space, and you know, it's also we talk we have all this conversation at Carevive about practice transformation and practice transformation innovation. It's sometimes scary, you know. People say I'm not ready for that. And right now, it's also challenging because of this pandemic situation where you don't have access to, I mean, physically access to clinical practice, and you can really show the value of, of what we're selling. But, you know, you, you mentioned dozens of sites using our platform so far. Yeah. And and that's, you know, these guys are maybe early adopters, more more innovation. They certainly understand that the, 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 there's a need and it's going to be more and more important uh, for patients and for them as providers, you know. Uh, providing care to patients about this kind of technology. So, but some of them, I'm telling you, I'm not ready to do it. So it's going to take time, like always, for innovation. I want to get into some specifics around electronic patient reported outcomes. Uh, I believe that at the beginning of March, this topic was discussed at the 47th annual meeting and Cancer Center Business Summit or the ACCC conference. And it was virtual this year. Were you able to attend the summit? And if you could, uh, tell me about the discussions related to electronic patient reported outcomes. Well, that was a great conference, right? And my team and I attended to the conference. In fact, we we had two presentations during this uh, conference. So first, before I go into the takeaways, you know, you know, all all these cancer community talks about, you know, the same vision. It's how can we help patient and provider across the board? New treatment, uh, new way of of capturing information about patient field and this patient experience and and patient reported outcomes, really. But there's really four main takeaways, you know, uh, about ePros. Number one is Using ePros can really help to reduce the gap between the incidence of reported by patients versus what clinicians see, number mm. one. Number two, it's actually possible to have a quick implementation of ePro system. Number three, this remote symptom management uh, is getting momentum, well, because of the, the pandemic situation and, and the limited access right now, but also because of the change in the landscape for reimbursement and value care and all these models are changing. And the last one, which is not the least, is really this patient experience uh, data, which really 
PROs are part of this patient experience data, really matters. And it actually gives a voice to the patient. So not only the clinician as, as he's driving the treatment, but he can now offer and, and really empower the patient. Like, this is how I feel. This is what's happening when you clinician, you give me a treatment. So then what was the reception like to these presentations that you gave at the conference? You know, it was interesting in terms of experience because we, now again, we have, we're trying the new way. The new way is virtual. So it's, it's challenging to engage in conversation with people when all of that is through a, a Zoom or WebEx or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, this, these two sessions, at least for Kevive, were pretty well attended. And we, we managed to really get them engaged and get questions and traction. And there's actually a follow-up right now with you know providers and also uh, stakeholders from healthcare and life science interested to discuss about you know the importance of PROs. That's great. Obviously, you are only a few months into the job, but what are you finding most surprising about what CareVive does? I don't know about surprising, you know, but I can talk about exciting, right? Oh, sure. And and you know, every day I love this idea of you know, bringing so much innovation. Like I said earlier, you know, it's the innovation means disruption and means difficult, but we know, and this is why the team is amazing, right? We know that all we do can impact patient life. So, you know, it gives us a lot of energy, a lot of excitement every day to say, you know what, when we do this new feature in the product, when we collect such data down the road, they're going to be a patient that will benefit from all we do. That's exciting. Now, you've used this term uh, disruption uh, several times, and I think you look at CareVive as an innovator that thrives on disruption. Is that also something that you, as, as now the leader of CareVive, is that something that you like enjoy is kind of being a disruptor in the industry? Yes, indeed. In fact, Back in the days when I uh, started to work for Sagidim, this company I mentioned earlier, you know, we disrupted the market, you know, over in Europe before the U.S., providing the first uh, electronic medical records software (EMRs), which now are like a part of standard of care, if you will. But in the world in the '90s, remember, you know, physicians were using like uh, paper records for patients, and then we came with this technology, and it was not easy because people like. No, I don't trust your software. You know, <laughs> it's like where 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 is my data gonna go once it's in the software? Oh, I have no time. Why well, I, I don't have a computer? So it's it's different what we're doing right now because the landscape has changed. But this it's it's in a way we also have like roadblock and pushback, and that's fun. It's exciting. Now you obviously have a previous experience with electronic patient recorded outcomes, but is there anything that you're learning about the benefits of how these recorded outcomes are affecting overall cancer care in your new role with CareVive? Yeah, I do. I do. I really do. You know, I probably underestimated the complexity of managing cancer-related symptoms, you know, and it's fragmented, inconsistent, and this is really impacting the way cancer care is delivered to patients today. Welcome to U.S. healthcare. I, I was about to say, it's also, you know, what's what, and now I, I could say I'm used to it after over 10 years in the U.S., but I'm still shocked by how the system works, you know, and, and all of this fragmentation consistency in, contributes to rising costs and also decreasing access to quality cancer care. Well, you know, I think 
that if anything, right? And we always have to look at the benefits of something like the pandemic and or something that affects an industry so dramatically like the healthcare industry that there are great opportunities when you see how important it is to have less fragmentation in order to deliver a massive, massive endeavor like this type of healthcare effort. I think that the industry is waking up and it is realizing that it needs to change a bit. And there have been changes that have happened in the past year. I mean, just thing, something which sounds as simple as telemedicine was not really a thing that was getting a lot of traction prior to the pandemic. And now it's an absolute. Uh, so I think that this is like a really important moment in time for healthcare to make some disruptions and some dramatic changes. That's right. And, and the last I'll say on that, that's a very good point you're making, James, is, you know, there's, we observe this shift of reimbursement, you know, shifting from volume to value. And there's a critical need for cancer clinicians to really, uh, demonstrate improvements with using patient outcomes as a, as a metric, you know, as a, uh, of the choice they're making with that treatment. Now, as we wind down the podcast, I wanted to provide you with an opportunity to let any listener of this discussion know something either about yourself as a leader, or if there's anything about CareVive and its mission that you'd like to share or comment on. Wow, that's a, that's a great question. Another one. Um, <laughs> I don't know so much about myself. You know, uh, I feel lucky to be here, honestly, to relating to where I come from and, you know, how I, I relate to this disease. And the problem is not solved, put it this way. So I feel lucky to be here and, and, and make some impact. And again, you know, I'll say about, you know, the vision and, and our mission at CareVive is, you know, being able to really combine technology, product, science, and data to help patient is exciting, you know, and I'm, I'm, I feel very proud when I talk about it to my friends now, you know, I can say, hey, this is where I am. People like, oh, wow, tell me about it, which was not often the case because sometimes like, oh, these guys in data, so boring. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's, yeah, people really, everyone around, like you said, James, you, you had somebody, you lost somebody. Everybody sadly has lost somebody to cancer, right? So, you know, I, I feel I feel I feel great about it. Yeah. I mean, I would say that if you uh, are a person who hasn't uh, experienced losing someone to cancer or know somebody who's currently battling or has battled cancer, then you'd have to consider yourself uh, a an anomaly and be very lucky and fortunate, <laughs> which is a, that's know, right. But it really does affect uh, pretty much everyone. So I think it's something that everybody is rooting for those who are in the fight to improve patient outcomes for cancer patients. That's right, yeah. Well, well, this has been a fantastic opportunity to spend a little time uh, getting to know you, Bruno. Uh, I wish you a lot of success in leading and driving CareVive's mission and goals into the future. If folks want to get in touch to learn more about CareVive, its solutions, and what you are doing to improve patient outcomes, where should they go? Well, first, they could go to our website, carevive.com. They can also follow up uh, our page on LinkedIn. And we also participate in all the major oncology industry events. And we'll be at ASCO in June. Yeah. And and the part of the vision is, you know, to be a little bit more visible and people know what we're doing. Great. And then hopefully as the pandemic subsides, uh, you can be a little bit more visible in person as well. 
That's right. All right. That does it for another episode of the Healthcare Podcast brought to you by MarketScale. My guest today has been Bruno Lampreness, the new CEO for CareVive. Bruno, thank you so much for sharing your insights today. Thank you, James. Thank you so much for your time and the opportunity. And thank you for tuning in to the MarketScale Healthcare Podcast. Please be sure to leave a rating and a comment after each episode. That is your opportunity to tell us what healthcare topic you'd like featured on a future show. On behalf of MarketScale, I'm your host, James Kent. Let's talk again soon.